Hello and welcome to another Bertie and Paul podcast. I am delighted to be joined by a a trio a trio of experts. I've got in one corner Martin Henry, uh, and I've got the, the famous Dan Devaney, who I told his children at the weekend he was actually so famous he had to leave Hamilton. And uh, I think they might have believed me, Dan, actually. And uh, uh, Mikey Dahl. Don't sell on a Dahl. Mikey, Mikey Dahl. So I'm expecting some great conversation and uh, some good arguments about the glorious Glasgow Celtic, who uh, the situation we're talking about are out of Europe, out of the Champions League, and uh, and had a, a swashbuckling game against the Jam Tarps, which resulted in somebody scoring a hat-trick against us and us winning 4-3 with uh, some lovely goals and good substitutions and lots of brim and fire and all that sort of good stuff. So uh, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk, touch, touch on the hearts before we go full Champachona? Sure, yeah. why not? Uh, sure, yeah. I loved the hearts game, loved it. It's a, it's a perfect way to spend a Saturday watching Celtic play. Just in a just in a over overriding sort of feeling, I, I loved it. Would you think, Martin? I thought it was a great game as well. Yeah, uh, thoroughly entertaining. Um, felt like I had a bit of everything, um, and yeah, enjoyed it as well. Obviously, the result being a, a positive one for us uh, made it enjoyable as well. Uh, I don't know how much I would have enjoyed if it had been three each or. Or worse, um, but I no, I thought it was a, a pretty good advert for the the game overall. Mikey Dahl, you loved it, didn't you? I oh, yeah, can't can't disagree with a word of what Hendo said there. It was just a brilliant game of football, end to end. You know that like the rain was lashing down, bit of zip in the turf, everything you wanted. And I, I mean, always felt like Celtic were going to win as well. That was the thing, like. It, it, it was just one of those games and we were play every time we went forward we looked dangerous and looked like we were going to score so it was really exciting and uh, yeah I agree with you we agree with you both Dan I was thinking about it we never spoke about it actually on Sunday we met up I was thinking next time you're if you're taking if you're taking Rory over for a game Tynecastle is the best place to go to, to to take them to a real football match isn't it because it's some place Ah well, Celtic Park's where you go for a real football match, but listen, I know uh, Spurs straw is there, but Tynecastle was fabulous. Oh. Actually, you're right on top of this park, like um, mm-hmm. now you'll never get a ticket because you hardly get Celtic hardly get any tickets there for the Roseburn. You okay. only get half the allocation, but it's how I'd be brilliant. The atmosphere's excellent in there. Uh, it's always a favourite place to go. You know what I mean? Um, I, I agree with everybody. But everybody saying it was it was an absolutely fabulous game, and VAR actually added to it believe it or not you know what I mean it's it definitely added to the penalty decisions the whole um, show basically them getting the penalty before half time is it a penalty is it not a penalty us the handball not getting the penalty just before half time and then the second half we all know what happened with Shanklin missing the penalty retake you know so it definitely added to the excitement um, whether you like it or not um, but I felt it were really good and to be fair to Hearts I thought Hearts put up a good fight in the first half so duh so duh they actually took it to us a wee bit and as I say it's, it's not easy to play at Tynecastle and that obviously the Hearts supporters are going to be up against us more than against Rangers so but um, no I thought I thought we handled it well and I, I thought standout Taylor when he came on again is just absolutely brilliant well just two things that the apparently the Jamesy we were having this ongoing dispute about James Forrest and 
I just thought he, I thought he played really well in the first half. But see when he, he, he got the penalty for us and it didn't get given when he flicked the ball up, took off the guy's hand. I then went and phoned Betty and had a 20 minute rant. Me and Betty were ranting about it that I missed the start of the first half, second half, because I was so incensed that they just blew that. They just didn't, he just didn't take. And I'm not usually like that, but I thought that was just brilliant football, flick, flick, take the handball, penalty kick, and then nothing was given, and then I just went off. I think I was in the garage throwing things around because I just couldn't believe we didn't get a penalty kick for it. But yeah, VR, you're right, definitely added to the drama of it, but Hendel's right as well. We got a victory, which had been different, but then it was it was good TV. Put it this way, nobody was falling asleep. It wasn't one of those ones where you fall asleep and you're like, why am I watching this? I could be doing 10 other things. It was just I, a I, good I, game. I really think VAR has, I know where VAR is and stuff like that, but it, from, to make it plausible for everybody, it has to go the way rugby is. It has to, you have to be able to hear what the ref's saying, you have to be able to explain his decision. I think it's the only way it's going to work. Because with decisions like that for the penalty, it just it will make people angrier and piss people off even more. You know, it'll just it throws up more questions than it does answers, to be honest. And also just listening to Andy Walker as well talk about it drives me. I was like, just turn him off. The fact of the matter is, it's the first week, uh, and then you you got to deal with that. But still, then it still it still doesn't stop the emotion coming in, doesn't it? Not of you like ah, oh, we should have got this or that's not fair. But that's a that's an old Celtic fan habit, isn't it? We just you're like, oh come on, don't don't screw this up against us. I mean, at one stage it looked like we were getting penalty kicks against us every three minutes, didn't it? Like it was just it was like, what is going on? But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a difficult place to go to. All those cliche comments, but it was a difficult game match between the Champions League and all the stuff that we've got to go to. It's twelve half twelve kickoff, and uh, I thought we played pretty well I thought James Forrest was good Dan do you have any you don't have any a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people have an axe to grind with him but I thought he's pretty impressive oh, a lot of people give Forrest a lot of stick but no pretty... not at all I thought he's done really well you know what I mean ah, I have no complaints about him I thought he was again we go to the European game I thought he was saying pick me I need a spot in the week the week the week Champions League game because I think he gives you a wee bit different uh, it gives you something else a wee bit more sort of just a wee bit more stability but maybe maybe he just doesn't have the running for this the shift that these swingers have to do in the Champions League are you saying something Martin? No I just I think the the appearances he's made he's uh, he definitely added something to the team um, he does have a bit of composure that he probably didn't necessarily always give him the credit for, um, but he he certainly has looked a bit a bit more composed. The ball's quite sticky with him as well, um, and certainly the the half was it against Leipzig. He came on and had a half, and then kind of played his way into the to the league uh, team, um, and he's now kind of in around the the first team again. Uh, he's definitely. You know, I think some people were thinking, why is this guy signed a three-year contract? Um, you know, and he's, he's he's showing glimpses at the moment of of why Ange Postecoglou wanted to keep him around and what he can can offer. It's just how consistently he can do it. I think I, I think even flick forward. Just we're talking with James Forrest here. I thought in the Champions League game when he came on, he put in two really good crosses for front post people to gamble in the front post. And just nobody was there. 
I thought he put a quite good it was good deliveries in the box but maybe I'm just sort of pro James Forrest because people see people have sort of wrote him off or whatever but I just thought yeah there was something there that definitely we could have used maybe earlier so look we, we, we dealt with the Hearts Rangers <coughs> done what they did I didn't even watch Rangers I don't want to watch Rangers with our because even listening to like even looking at stuff online I know that I'm going to incense with it because it's just it'll just be messy so Rangers fall over Rangers are falling Rangers are basically doing they're just they're just grasping around the dark now they don't have enough money to get rid of Geo they don't have enough leadership their clubs so we've got this league as long as we just keep going the way we're doing but yeah I've got no interest in them I'm just at the stage they're in now we go into the Champions League and Feelings, thoughts before it. I, I again, I'll speak first. I thought we should beat Shakhtar. And that was a, this, this would be a really good 2 3 nothing, 3 1. We'll obviously lose a goal, but I thought this was us now. We're going to get three points on the board. I was very, very confident. And actually, when I seen the team, I was even more confident. Because I was like, yes, at last he's picked Geo, and we're going to at least give him a rattle, a more better finisher on the park. So I was very, very confident that we were a better team, man for man for Shakhtar, and we would, we would do the business. Which I'm, wasn't, I'm not usually that confident, but I was pretty confident. Dan, what did you think of you? Well, we know what happened in the away leg, you know, we kind of played them off the park. They just sat back and hit us in the counter. Um, I wouldn't say I was overly confident because all of our appearances, um, all of our performances, sorry, in Europe this year, um, I definitely wasn't overly confident or thinking we were going to get a victory. Um, I thought it would be another close game. Um, but again, I think it, it was pretty similar to the game in Warsaw where I think we had the chances to win the game more so than they did. Okay, that guy missed that absolute sitter, but um, before the game, I actually, I wasn't overly confident at all. I didn't think we'd get a result. I thought maybe a draw or something, but it kind of turned out to be right in the end. But no, my, my confidence just wasn't there as it is for Next week as well, <laughs> for obvious reasons. I like you, Dan. It's not like you. That's not. No, a, I know. It's not a Dan Devaney answer. We've not perf- we've not performed in Europe. It's you know. I mean, sorry. Let me rephrase that. We've performed, but we've we've just no scored the goals. I suppose to credit it. So I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna argue that argue that the last point later on because actually there's anyway. So uh, DJ, you must have. Mikey Dow must have been Hendo, you must have been confident. You were going to the game, weren't you? You were there. It's a great picture. Were you feeling confident off the crowd, Hendo? On Sunday? Cause, um cause... I think my I think in terms of my kind of pre match mood, I think it was it was slightly tempered because you knew that we weren't progressing already. You're kind of ultimately trying to stay in the Europa League um, so I, th- I don't know if that took a little bit of edge off it knowing that you were already out of the Champions League um, and you were essentially just fighting for a European uh, the the Europa League place um, I thought I thought Shakhtar were really good um, I thought they were better than Leipzig with the ball um, they seemed much more comfortable passing it around uh, their, their, you know, midfield and defence than than Leipzig had, and I felt they were, you know, not didn't feel under pressure from us a lot of the time when they had the ball. 
But so, but, but beforehand you're thinking, so you're, see, see, I would, I would counter that and think, this is the biggest game we've got because if we get three points, Madrid might play a, a weaker team. We could get six points and maybe we could get ourselves in the hat for a tournament we could win. Or you could get a draw against Barcelona or all these other great teams, Juventus, whatever teams are in it. Now, I don't see the diluted viewpoint. I, I, no, I, I hear what you're saying, but from a Celtic's point of view, this is, was it, we use that cliche, this is a cup final. You win the game, you give your chance to progress. Or are we just saying... Yeah, no, I'm just... I think, I think that's how the players approach that. I just mean in terms of, I guess, the, the general mood yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 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 around the place. It, it it would have had an impact. I don't think it had an impact on the the players. I thought again in patches we played well, but in some patches we were we were quite poor in the. I would have said in the middle of the pitch, especially um, the kind of world class basics that you need to have weren't there, um, which ultimately you know is why we've not progressed from the, the group and why we're not progressing into to the Europa League because we didn't get those basics right um, well enough enough of the time in, in the, the matches when it mattered. And that's, you know, basic passing in the middle of the pitch and when chances come, uh, taking them first time, making the keeper make saves, etc. Um, but, but it wasn't... wasn't Walking away thinking, oh, that's, that that was a terrible performance. That was a terrible European campaign. It was just almost a bit neutral about it. I wasn't walking away thinking we are tremendous now, and you know we belong at this level. But I wasn't walking away thinking, oh my God, we're out of our depth or anything. It was just um, it's almost a little bit of an anticlimax. The the whole thing because. We we show glimpses in the games, um, but we just we can't follow through. Uh, um, seems to be you know a, a, just a little bit of cutting edge missing when it matters, um, but consistently missing when it matters. So um, that that's probably been the, the the kind of trend and theme across across the matches. Certainly at home, we've never we've not been thoroughly outplayed. We've not been embarrassed but we've just not um, done all the the basic things well enough to, to kind of merit getting three points in one of these games I don't think Okay so that's Mikey Dal let's talk about the midfield I, I was happy with the midfield I thought we, we played well in the first half Okay, there was. I think we made bad decisions the 20 yards out there's so much bad decisions in passing wise or whatever but actually the midfield I thought it kind of worked well but Mikey Dahl, you thought Hatati yeah. weren't great, is that right? I just, I mean, I, thought, I don't know. I mean, I thought, I thought it was quite. It was a really certainly from watching on the TV. It felt like it was the lowest tempo of all of our games so far. So I don't know. Like I, I it was a really weird game to watch. I, I felt like the crowd seemed quite subdued. Maybe picking up on that whole, it was a bit of an anticlimax. Uh, the, the, I thought we were pretty slow and we weren't moving the ball around and trying to find the the angles. You know, like the last few games we've been 
with making nice angles on the right hand side. Tati's been kind of getting into wider positions and playing nice slip balls through to the on rushing Anthony Ralston. You know, all of those kind of little passages of play that were, had been successful for us in the last few domestic games didn't even feel like we were we were trying to replicate that in any way. So I thought it was a bit of a it was a bit of a strange performance, really. Um, I thought, and honestly, it was the lowest to me. It was the lowest energy of the five performances so far in in the Champions League. So I was a bit disappointed in that. But here's the thing, Dan. I was really happy it was slow tempo. I was really happy. I was like, eventually we've got this. Let's just play our way into this game. I thought, yeah, at last we're actually playing like a grown-up football team in the Champions League. But, but I suppose not, like, if there was one team in that group where I thought if you dialled up the tempo and, and really went at them, they were probably the most susceptible to uh, you know, that kind of play. So that's Make mistakes. This is the this is the one team you know okay, this okay. is the one game the one up um, opposition that I think you should be try to play the high tempo you know that that I suppose there was a bit of that as well it's like yeah maybe that is the right approach but not in that, if there's any game that you're gonna go for it it would it would have been this one we were one nothing up but so, see that's the thing so. I understand it. I totally get it. Yeah, I, I didn't really see see that point when I was watching. I was just happy we weren't running about like again. Betty says he doesn't like the phrase, but like is what it is. But they played. They played. I thought they played a bit more. Riley, I think O'Reilly is learning to play that position in the middle of the park, which I think is very hard. And I'm going to give you examples of why I think it's very hard for him to play that position because I think there's a lot of responsibility in young shoulders to do that position. Uh, so I think he's learning. I think he's getting better at it. I thought he created a couple of chances. Uh, he got a nice wee shot off. But I think when Glackenmacher scores from that point, I don't think Celtic should lose that game. If correctly managed, if the, the team correctly managed what we have to do, I think we win the game two or three nothing. But I think Celtic failed to correctly manage it. So I thought I really played well. I thought Atate was good. It's stages, but yeah, I understand the sort of loose ball stuff. Uh, Hatsovanovic is a different type of player. He gives you a better strength, I thought. I thought the defence looked pretty good up until we get to this 50-minute mark again for me. And uh, so maybe yeah, maybe I was looking at it, maybe the last couple of weeks I've been looking at neg- not negatively, but just looking for more. And then actually when there wasn't getting as much, I thought, right, OK, we're in a position where we can win this game. So one nothing up, Dan. Are you feeling more happier? Or are you seeing we're going to lose another crazy goal, or what are you what are you see in the game? Yeah, I wasn't shocked when they scored. Put it that way, you know, um, we're always susceptible to it. But what annoyed me most was why Carter Vickers didn't just do your man at the halfway line. You know, I mean, he had the chance to take him out and get a yellow card, and it's like the old uh, was it Roy Aiken used to always say it: just take one for the team, get the yellow card, and reset. Um, he had the chance to take the boy out all he today was clip his heels but it happens week in week out in so many places and he never done it that's that was a stupid decision in my eyes ok so 50 minutes on the clock it's Celtic now so we're, we're talking about peak Ange now Ange Postecoglou has told us he continues to learn from the Champions League games so I'm taking his word as gospel 50 minutes in the Champions League Celtic need to be very 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 careful because we seem to get beat by one or two passes this spring I mean, so at 50 odd minutes that guy Monarch, uh, whatever his name was their, their, their Ukrainian player of the year 
Midrick run, runs through Midrick runs through and puts the ball one pass splits her defence and the guy shoots and hits the sign there and Sutton says that he should have scored I thought Sutton was going pretty harsh like Sutton's done that loads of times he's done that mad slide he's done it all the time slide in and miss her so I thought Sutton, I thought it was a harder chance than Sutton gave him credit for but we had the alarm bell at 50 minutes then we've got a free kick Hendo you're watching that free kick sitting from your seat what is Celtic doing that free kick we send up the big uh, boys <laughs> that, that was the problem I think for a few of the set pieces the delivery well, not for a few for a lot of the set pieces last night the delivery was awful um, the boy Hapsovanovic I don't think he ever beat the first man with his crosses um, I don't know what was going on because again these are things that obviously you practice in training and you, you probably float nice balls in, 10 out of 10. And then when it comes to a match day, for whatever reason, he he just miscued every single time. Um, so that, that that was a frustration. And then just the indecision around, around the edge of the box, when you know the ball was just getting popped up in the air, and Hatati, I think, was probably the last one to the last one to touch it before they. They went up the park, but it was just a combination of no one properly being composed enough around their box to hold the ball, I, I felt, and hold it up. Um, it became a wee bit kind of hot potato, and then uh, they just, I mean, that guy's pace, Murditch, was just, I mean, it was frightening. I mean, pace is amazing to watch in football, especially someone who can carry the ball and run that quick. I mean, it was... It was remarkable. Um, so okay. it wasn't a surprise when he eventually scored. Because so, he did look good. So what, what is the phrase Mikey Dow called in-game management? What does that mean to you? So if we're sitting in a position, there's quietness, the pitch goes quiet, there's a free kick, right? Celtic bring their defenders up. This guy's roasted us already for pace. We're one nothing up. And then we just do something stupid free kick and we just all freeze. Then we go back to what Dan Devani saying is we should have took him out, Ivanovic, and then everybody looks at that piece. But I'm looking at this piece here. We've got a play stops. Ange can get his message on. I don't think we should go up... I think we should just pass that free kick out and just keep passing the ball. Play, we know what's going to happen. My dad's texting me. I'm telling Joshua we're going to get roasted here on this free kick. I can see it a mile off. And I'm no, I'm no football expert. I'm texting Betty saying, look, we're in trouble here. If, and it, exactly what happened, happened. It just, again, that channel, all our goals from Europe, all our goals in the last five, six years are in that channel, us getting, and we just don't have anybody around. And we don't, as you say, but look, Martin Vicor should have kicked, uh, what do you call it, uh, McManaman all those years ago. You just, they don't do it. Dave, Dave Anna it was, was it not? Well, uh, Vico should have kicked him trust me I know kicked he should him at the halfway him. line he should have booted no, him but we look at these stages then but I'm looking at that point at 53 minutes and listening to Ange telling me that he's learning and I'm thinking this team isn't that good we've got this and then we lose that goal and I'm like come on why can't we see this I just think it's too it's, I've written down here sloppy it's just and also just going back to it 
also as well as game management, Abada, the right, their left back gets yellow carded in 37 minutes, 33 minutes. Celtic don't go back after them again. You just let them away with it. Like, these are things that people of Martin Neil would have dealt with, got it sorted out, but Celtic seem to just start sucking lollipops. And Carter Vickers, if you've noticed again, he keeps sliding in after the 56, because he's tired. But we need to stop this, we need to manage the game. That's my opinion. But I think if you go back and watch the free kick, I don't see where we're managing the game properly. But And that really annoyed, really annoyed me, because I'm like, oh, what are we doing? Do you think then, like, you're saying if there's a general agreement that we seem to be slowing the pace down, do you think that was a, was that an and Ange directive then I mean Hendo did you see that did you think it was a lot slower paced when you were actually watching it or was that just me on the telly um, I just think they set up well against us I, I, I thought Shakhtar were good and I thought we played better against Leipzig at home I thought we had more of the ball against Leipzig at home I think we created way more chances against Leipzig at home than that team afforded us last night. So I think uh, Shakhtar are possibly getting a wee bit of a, a raw deal in terms of how good they were because as far yeah. as I can tell, we did a lot better against Leipzig but didn't take our chances. We didn't, we didn't get that many chances last night. Shakhtar contained us pretty well and neutralised us. Um, but, but me, in terms of the pace, like, like I'm I'm like all the quick throw-ins and stuff like that. But we seem to not even be trying that. We were kind of like, oh, do you want to take this throw? Are we, you know, just generally, I just thought there was just a general less intense approach. But maybe I mean some of that will be down to how how Shakhtar set up. I admit, but I, I, yeah, I don't. I mean. It was less intense. It might have been less frantic, um, mm. but it was still played at a high tempo. You know, there was never, never sat. Joe Hart never got the ball at a goal kick or you know th- throw or whatever, and you know stood and bounced the ball and let everyone move up the pitch. You know, it was always straight back out. There was never, there was never any kind of pausing for breath. It might just not have been as maybe frantic but we're still yeah we're still being played at a high tempo and at no point would you have said or oh, Celtic are, are trying to slow the play down but Shakhtar Sh- 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 you were right they were sitting in they weren't letting us play they were happy to sit back with the ball so much in the half <laughs> yeah, yeah sat deep they weren't they weren't concerned about uh, coming out to play too much and what I noticed when watching the TV was the amount of times Kyogo was in between the defenders and the midfielders just in that gap there with nobody tight on him he was just standing there now moving side to side I think he got the ball once in the full first half even though he was there free all the time but they just had him contained that much the ball just went wide again or else went back to the centre half and out wide to the other side of the park to Haskabanovic who's seen the ball um, a good bit as well but Kyogo got very very little of the ball in the first half and I think it's as you say yeah. caused the way Shakhtar managed that just it was so tight yeah. no, I definitely think um, we had way more opportunities against uh, the, the German team the week before I don't um, so, so this is the thing Hendo right so we that's, uh, yeah. but we keep talking about this creating chances Ange talks about it 
I wouldn't be unhappy, I wouldn't be here talking to you if we weren't creating all these chances against these good teams. This is a platform that we were supposed to play against. We're playing the Champions League, we're creating all these chances, so I only see good things for us creating these chances. He talks about creating chances. I don't give a toss about creating chances. We scored a great goal, and Kyogo went through and fluffed his lines. If that's Hartson, Larson, Sutton, McDonald, uh, what do you call it? I can go through them. I can go through Celtic striker. They score that. He missed his chance to put us 2 1 up. That was a chance. He missed it. He totally fluffed it. Like, let's not mess around. He went. What? Your man, what was your man that used to play for? Is it was it the, the guy that went down to Norwich? What was his Pookie. name? What? Not Pookie, Pookie. though. No, Hooper. Hooper would have banged that in. Hooper. At that well, level, well, Hooper's got a better goal scoring ratio than him. So, I, again, I'm getting it. a. No, no. I mean, like there's 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 good points and bad points through through all it and the tactics. But the the big thing for me and you that that was a point that I I thought uh, what surprised me most this year in the Champions League is that I didn't like I thought Kyogo at twenty six twenty seven having been a star in the J League. I thought he was custom made, absolutely ready to hit the ground running in the Champions League. And you're right, he's fluffed his lines. On that occasion and on several others, and that's got me, that that was not what I was expecting for for Celtic getting at the Champions League. I thought that we'd we'd probably make, as we've said before, we'd make some mistakes at the back and and stuff like that. But you know, we we create and take a lot of chances, and our undoing would probably be letting in a lot of stupid goals, like more of the Shakhtar ones that that we let in. But it's actually it, it's a it's a lot more nuanced than that and it's been different but but my big but the big worry is when Ange says oh we'll just be you know we'll just be better next year for having been in the Champions League and I'm like well I don't know like if Kyogo's what's going to make Kyogo better next year do you know what I mean like I've just been really that's that's been a worry for me to me he was he would be a one of the three or four players that was Champions League ready and he's massively Disappointed. Dan, are you listening? Or you, you you give us voice of reason. Go on. No, I'm not listening. Tom <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> no, I I just think he's he's definitely not on form. Same in the league as well. You know, he's scoring a goal, but he's he's definitely not on form. And you could see how angry he was with himself when he got brought off. The camera was on the dugout, and he was oh, he was absolutely livid with himself. You know. Um, so the the determination and the passion is definitely there. I don't think he's lost that. I just he's definitely not on form at all. Um, he maybe just needs a couple of goals to get him going again. But he, no, he's not performed. He's all right. You think he could? You think he's out of form and he can cut it at that level? Well, I don't know. Right in the Europa the year before, you know what I mean? Him and Jota got a couple of goals between themselves. He did, he did score a couple of nice goals in the Europa League. Um, so I, I wouldn't throw him under the bus just yet, but no, he, he's not performed his day, and I think that's why Ange went with Jackie Marcus up front and him kind of sitting a little bit deeper in the number 10, because I think he thought Jackie Marcus could get us the goal, whereas he knows maybe Kyogo hasn't um, been playing his full potential. But I'm, again, I'm not slagging him off. I'm not slagging, I'm not saying, what I'm saying is at that point in time in the game, I know Hendel's talking about chances, but the big chance we get I mean, Glackamack is past, no look Oh, he's got to bury it. He's got to bury it. No but question. for some reason, in the, for some reason, 
I don't know what he's doing. Like he's not as if he's not on the pitch. He's had touches of the ball. Like Glacky Marcus, when he gets his chance, he hits it so hard. He just whacks it. I'm sure. I'm sure the Shakhtar fans have got a podcast as well, but their man missing their chance, so let's not worry about it too much. <laughs> I thought Sutton went over the top of that one as well. I mean, as much as much as everyone's slagging them off, and that that was a that was a that was not a great pass to him. I admit he should have scored, but it was slightly behind him. It was slightly over hit, in my opinion. And he should have scored, and he should have, you know, but and he should try to control it. But a bit of pass means even if he does slightly miscontrol it, he gets a chance to have a second. Touch. That's just my. I, just, I thought people were being Ronnie Rosenthal and all of that. It's, not, it's not Van Vossen. It's not Van Vossen. No. It's just like he fun. wasn't in the middle of the goal. It was just, yeah, but I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a bad miss, but I mean. What, what about Jackie Marcus's pass through to Kyogo for his chance? Oh, it's just sublime. Looking the other way, you know oh, what I mean? Sublime. Yeah, it was classy, wasn't it? Oh, oh. Such a good thing. If that's a goal, that'd be getting played again and again and again. I know, like, it, like Larson, or, like, even I'd have scored it. I'd have had it. Well, the annoying thing is, if it had been the other way around, if Kyogo had played that ball into Jackie Marcus, Jackie Marcus would have scored it. True. There you go, mate. Yeah. I don't know why we bring you on this the podcast. Big, I mean, the it. big man's missed a few as well. The big man's missed a few as well, yeah, but yeah. he's he's not as much of a chance as him. But yeah, good point. That's yeah. what it is. I think you've got to remember as well. Like this, this European campaign's a very short window. So typically, you know, Champions League groups run in September to December. So your players will go in and out of form throughout that three-month period, whereas essentially the form that they're in now is the form for the competition so you know Kyogo's probably has been slightly off in the league as well he's not had the same goal scoring touch but it'll come back it's just going to be unfortunate that we won't have any European games at the same time that that he's in form so you know that that's just one of the unlucky things about the format of the competition this year is if your striker's off the boil a little bit um the your your ship's kind of sailed because there's not enough uh, there's not enough time between the games for them to to find their form again. Um, but you know that that's that's life, unfortunately. I think on, on the chances that that Paul had said, I th- think it it does matter that you're creating chances because too many times in the recent past we've been in matches where we have not competed at all. And we've essentially embarrassed ourselves, um, and we haven't done that in the games to date. So I think it is important that you are competing and you are creating chances. Ultimately, I'd rather be talking about goals than missed chances. But I don't think you can you can you know put that to one side and say it doesn't matter. We we have played and competed in in games at the Champions League with this uh, with this group of players. And, you know, there, there's a lot of positives to be taken from it. Ultimately, yeah, there could have been more. And it's the stories of if, buts and maybes. But it goes back to I didn't think we were going to, Yeah, I just didn't think we would compete as well as we have. Aye, um, exactly. It goes back to your point earlier where you said that. that we, we, we are, I think everybody's coming away from it saying we did compete and it, it wasn't a bad campaign. I mean, you look at what Leipzig did to Madrid the other night. I, I don't know if everybody was thinking this, but I was like, geez, if Celtic took the chances at Celtic Park and got a goal against Madrid the first half, or maybe a second goal, because mm-hmm. we did have a couple of chances, who knows? You know what I mean? 
if we had beat Shakhtar and Warsaw, which we should have done after, that would have been two games in, we'd have probably four points, possibly six. It's a total different campaign, different dressing room, everybody's up for it, you know. So it's these fine margins. So your right hand is, is definitely not a disappointing campaign at all. It's more a frustrating one that we didn't take our chances. Okay, so just let's talk about fine margin. I love this expression, fine margin. I love it. I love when somebody says something and suddenly everybody's talking about fine margins. So you just know what I'm going to say. You know, we just blow the fine margin stuff out the window in about ten seconds. Fine margins, right? We've got a goalkeeper. It's four hundred games and sixty caps for England. VR pausing the game for four minutes, and he passes the ball out to the striker. Where, where is that fine margin? Explain that fine margin to me now. There's no fine margin in that. That's just shambolic. We've got a mistake. Yeah, that's not fine margin, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, like I'm stuck sticking Moy on right mid, or whatever he was, instead of Turnbull. That wasn't a fine margin. That was just poor decision making by a manager, was it not? Is that not? Am I just getting something wrong? Here? Uh, but you're, you're, talking about, you're talking about decisions and strategy mm-hmm. versus events that happened on the. The pitch, so they're they're two separate entities that you're trying to to compare. A fine, you know, when Dan's made made the comment fine margin, it's been we've created a chance, we've we've hit the goalie, we've hit the post, we just missed, we did, you know, that that's what he's talking about is the opportunity was there but we didn't take it, and you know they don't come along often, and that's the fine margins you're playing at. You talking about subs coming on and Moy playing out right, that's just decision making. That's not to do with a passage of play and But does that not uh, fine you know, does that not feed into your margins? Does that not feed into the Not I mean, really not surely it does. Surely if you put different players like if you sh- if you shove if you shove somebody on at right back, you're supposed to be a left back, then you're 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 playing a percentage game. If we take a time with the free kick, if we bring on Moyes and Moy and put him in a midfield Defensive operator, we shield what's going on and give Hitati a bit of a rest. We shield up, we put Lakamakis and Kugel straight through, and we bring our we bring our right mid and left mid twenty paces back, and we play a different type of strategy instead of continuing to do the exact same stuff that we've done. Does that not change our, our margins or opportunity to win? But we don't seem to do that. Like Celtic in the last twenty, the last ten minutes. I mean, Moy just wasn't up to the task, or, or was he? Did I miss something? He just wasn't. He didn't look comfortable in that position. Am I, am I a loose cannon here? And he seemed to get a lot of the ball. I just thought we had a real chance to put it, it away. It doesn't, really have anything, it, it doesn't really have anything to do with a fine margin. What you're saying, no. <laughs> well, if if if, 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 no, no, wait around then, Hendo. So if you're a gambling, if, if, if you're he, a gambling if man, if you're white and he's had an absolute mare, then by definition, it's not a fine margin, is it? It's just a, yeah. it's a conclusive. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're he's, he's made a bad decision. Here. Yeah, and that's Moy's having a poor time executing what he's supposed to be doing. Be going so back, that's kind of be going you know, back to Mikey. Be going back to Mikey's point. No, no, it's exact, you're, exact, you're actually clarifying what I said to you. If you go back to what Mikey said, we're not doing the same things that we do in the league. So Moy's never played out there in the league, has he? What was he doing there? 
what was Ange thinking? I mean, I know he's don't like arguing against Bossy Cockle, but what was he thinking about putting him out there? And t- Dan, did you think it was a good decision? Or imagine again. I think he was probably forced out there because nothing was going through the middle like it was in the first half. Everything was gone wide. Absolutely, everything was gone wide. So between him and Jamesy, they were trying to concoct something up to get into the box. Jamesy managed it once or twice, but listen, I didn't think we were going to get that same no, goal anyway. So, so. Majest- Majest- nah. yeah, I thought we could. I, d- I didn't see. I didn't see it coming. Do you know what I mean? Kill the, the chance. That was fair enough. I, it was a fool. Okay. Do you know what I mean? But I, I, I listen. Seek me. The definition of the fine margin. Going back to that is that Kyogo chance that's the fine margin right because if he puts that away it's a totally different game um, but the, I mean that that I said before um, that's a worry because well that maybe we you know maybe we do need a, like a multi-million pound striker like, we need someone we need more than one person the Jack and Marcus that we can hire a hat on and say we get a chance we'll score and I don't think that squad, looking at it, has got enough of those type of players to to improve on those fine margins. That that's my that's my worry. Where's where, where's the options? Like I was talking to a guy the day um, who was asking me how young Kenny was getting on. Uh, uh, the boy at Saint Sligo Rovers who was buying goals on left, right, and centre. Now I know we're talking Champions League. It's a different kettle of fish. Blah blah blah. But there's other options there as well, which we just don't seem to be even looking at when other lads are off form. Like, who else apart from Jack Marcus and Kyogo do we have up front? We've got that, we've got that guy who's playing for Liverpool just now under 21. He looks pretty good. We'll let, we'll <laughs> let him go. Sorry, sorry. Uh, no, I, don't, I think he wanted to go. I think we tried our best to keep him. Aye. Well, I mean, we've kind of got Lee Alabada, but he looks like a fish out of water in the Champions League as well. You know, the, the, there's there's just been there's been a few of the squad that I thought would step up that just haven't, and I yeah I, I look at that squad now and I think the style of play and some of the play you know quite a lot of the players will improve and will be a bit better in in the Champions League next year, but that the the fine margin bit well we don't have enough of the X factor type players in my opinion eh, to make it be any different next year unless I'm wrong and Kyogo is just going through a, about a bad form and that and that's been unlucky. Uh, O'Reilly, O'Reilly said that after the game as well. I don't know if you saw his interview. He he basically said that <laughs> it came, well he didn't say those words fine margins, but he's saying people just basically froze on the big stage to an extent yeah. because they weren't used to it. They just they didn't like he said himself about the one he just put wide instead of putting his foot through it, he tried to angle it. He says it's just wrong decision making at the wrong time at such a big stage. You don't get away with it. And he said exactly what everybody's thinking. If that's the Scottish League, you put it away because you're more confident in the Champions mm. League but no, because we're a little bit smaller fish at the moment, because we've not been there for years. And this group of players haven't played in the Champions League. Don't have the experience. So He's well aware of it, and I think Jackie Marcus was the same when he interviewed. He could see his face as well. Yeah. But then look at, I mean, look, Jackie Marcus was the top scorer in the Eredivisie, and he, you know, and he can score goals at the Champions League. You expect that. Jota was a, like a big star and, you know, one of the, the next big things um, in, in Portugal, and he looks pretty, you know, he, okay, he's not been brilliant, but, you know, he's, 
he looks comfortable at that level. And then you start saying, well, like, you know, Kyogo, who did play in Japan, yeah, he doesn't, he didn't look like a natural fit at that level. Maeda didn't look like a natural fit at that level. Hatati did for a, yeah, for some of the games, but kind of faded badly. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just, <laughs> I'm just picking out the Japanese players, but I don't know. Like I'm, it's just, it's all been a bit confusing. Racial undercurrent. <laughs> Hendo, get back in here. Come on, well, tell me something. Tell us, Mikey Dow's Mikey Dow's worse than me at this time. He's he's just taking right everybody off. Just before he does, no, I think. I think you've got to look at where the players have been playing. Matt, Matt O'Reilly was in. You know, he wasn't even in our squad this time last year, and he probably never, in his wildest dreams, thought that he would be playing, you know, five matches in the Champions League in twelve months' time. And that guy was essentially the linchpin of the midfield last night, or it wasn't last night; it was two nights ago, wasn't it? But you know, that guy's come from nowhere to suddenly being, you know, essentially having to be Calm McGregor, which he's not. Um, you know, but that that was the size of task that's been handed to him. And you know, did he have his best game? I don't know if he did or not. I don't. I don't think that position's best for him. But you know, that's a guy with loads of talent that is definitely going to offer more given the opportunity. Um, you know, in Europe again, he 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 will become better. But hi, there's definitely um, a feeling a missed opportunity that some of the players that you maybe expected a bit more from haven't come right out of the traps and delivered but you know you can bet anything your house that they will be wanting to win this league this year and be back in the Champions League and you know go go one better than you know what they achieved this year which you know for the cynical people not, that's not going to be hard all they have to do is win one game and they've done better but you know they'll have that hunger to be back up at that level and you know that, that kind of fear that they probably had that this year going into the games and that feeling of maybe freezing a little bit on the occasion, I think they'll hopefully be able to channel that a bit better in another another twelve months' time. And that you know, rather than fear of losing, you know, just have that real that real confidence and swagger to go out and and win and have a bit more belief uh, in the performance because you know the chance like Kyogo missed, you know, a lot of that's you know in your head and belief because you know he can score it. It's just he, that point he just didn't have the confidence and belief to you know to do what he does week in week out and uh, Mikey's point there about Jack Marcus, like, what was that they, 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 it was his 17th game I think in Europe in all competitions for teams that he's played for and it was his first goal oh really oh well there you go then yeah, it's mad like, Bert top scorer on the other division you know what I mean it's just is it, is it the big stage well interesting he's, he's not really had his chance for us let's be honest so Interesting enough, interesting enough, you could probably rewrite what Hendo said about fine margins for Liverpool versus Ajax last night. Ajax turned up, played loads of shots, they were doing all sorts of stuff, and then Liverpool just picked them off. In the paper today, it says Liverpool smashed Ajax or gutted Ajax, but actually, Ajax played really well, really well, and then they just didn't they didn't take their chances, and then it's fine margins and. So I actually, you're right. That's where Geo Clackamacus uh, came from. That's sort of that's sort of world. But I actually looked great last night for fifty minutes, and suddenly Salah was just scudding them, you know. 
I just want to just there was a really interesting question then. So it's getting we've actually we've answered the question, my lord. So basically, it, Ange Postecoglou was asked a question before the game, and it by a Celtic fan in the, the press conference, and he said he, he, the Celtic fan mentioned the word despondency, and Ange ears pricked up. He wasn't happy. He said that if the if the fans the fans look at the league table, this is what the the the, the fan asked them. When the fans look at it, there could be an air of despondency when you look at a position on the table, considering the expectations we had for the team. Something that the, the lines and Postecoglou answered it with, "We can go tomorrow and get a one 0 victory. We could set the team up and get a one 0 victory. Okay, but." And that would be great for the fans going home, but in my gut, we have not, we would not have played the football that really tests ourselves at that level. And I know that progress hasn't been made. I'd go away from that game. Progress hasn't been made. So for the first time, I heard Poster Cockle actually say, "Look, actually, we could set our team up to get a one 0 victory, which would make the fans happy." But I'm looking. For us to focus on the outcome, focus on our identity, and if we can be this, we said if we can be the football team we want to be against the best teams in the world, that's just going to make them happy. So, Hendel, he's not talking. When you look at that, he's not talking about Celtic winning the game. He's talking about Celtic being the best he can be under what he wants us to be, his identity. So when. That's why at 53 minutes, that's going through my head when I'm watching the way we set up and what we're doing. I'm like, so what is our identity now? And that, that sort of, he was really annoyed with the despondency question. He's saying the fans are going home because we're creating lots of chances. And I get that. But in that mantra, what he's saying is he wants us to be the best we can be. So what you're saying to us, Hendo, is next year, after another year of training, we will be better. And fingers crossed that is the case because... But but still under the same mantra that Apostle Cockle is trying to develop on with the team. It's just an interesting. What do you, what do you think of that yeah, response think, to the to the guy when he said despondent? He wasn't happy, but but we could. Yeah, I think it's you know in any kind of sport, your your coach is going to have a philosophy of how he wants you to try and play, whatever that is. And if he's you know simply his his philosophy is let's go out and play high intensity attacking the opposition and take it to them. That's kind of what he wants to do in a nutshell. Essentially, he's just saying, well, I'm not going to you know, park the bus and put 10 men behind the ball and try and nick a goal on the break because that's not how I teach my guys to play football every day in the training ground. Um, you know, I want them to win by using the, you know, the way that they've been taught to play football. So I kind of... I kind of get that, but that kind of comes back to the argument of does he need to change? Is it a case of him trying to evolve, you know, and all these kind of little finer points? Because if you keep, you know, if, you, if you're kind of backing yourself to the hilt around this is how I want the team to play, but the team keeps losing, then, you know, so, something's got to give at some point. Um, but I would hope at the moment that, as you say, kind of another 12 months working working towards trying to be in that competition again next year um, the players can you know deliver a bit more than they have this year Mikey Dahl are you? Uh, yeah I mean but th- this is where I'm at with the 
you know, and I think it's what I said the last time I'm on here. Um, there hasn't been as as big an improvement from last year into this year that makes me think there's a there's a big leap forward in this group of players for next year. That that I, I totally get the theory of you know getting into the Champions League next year and you'll and you you'll just be better by you know because it's another year of experience. But I look at players like Lee Alabada and to be honest, Kyogo a bit. Some of them some of them look scared by that. So and maybe just aren't up to it at that level. And that's you know that's the, that's why I can't that's why I can't fully buy into that theory because I think there's because this team is so young, there are I think there could be players in there that just aren't up to it at that at that level. Um you know I don't know. Because there's, there's, I think there's enough evidence even between last season and this season to suggest that they've improved. You think the two games against Bodo Glimp, we were terrible. Um, there hasn't been a performance like that. I wouldn't have said this season. Even like Leverkusen at home, we got absolutely horsed as well. You know, again, there hasn't been a match that's unfolded or unravelled like that. So I think there has been some improvement, but not not to the level where it's it's flipping things into to victories, um, but I think even if you just look at that last match we played last season, Bodo Glimp, two legs were horrendous, and we've stepped up a level as well. Remember from yeah. the Europa Champions League, so. But this, here's the other bit. You know, like Shakhtar. I mean, or and I was saying this again the last time that, that like, is it harder? Like, is it harder to play? Um, Leipzig in the Champions League than he play Leverkusen in the Europa League because they're pretty much the same kind of team. So is there something about being in the Champions League just by virtue of the fact it's a Tuesday or Wednesday night, the music or whatever? Because because I I, th- I totally get it. Like the top the top one teams are obviously a much higher step up to Europa League, but I I don't you know like I think that was outside of Real Madrid. Uh, Shakhtar and 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 Leipzig, you could get them in a kind of a Europa League type group. So I, I, I get I'll, obviously that is a step up in level, but that's not. You could get a tougher group in the Champions League. Put it that way. So uh, hey, if you look at it like that, then it's definitely improvement. Because as Sandro was saying, the Leverkusen game at home, we did get horsed, whereas that didn't happen with Leipzig. True. So True. if it's if it's the same level, we have improved in that. Respecting, aye, we just didn't get lost. The result, that result hasn't, but the the performance has. Mm. And if that comes good and keeps improving, then next year, who knows? The thing is that the Champions League, the, the word that Champions, and uses it a lot. Actually, he said, he says that it will take his time to make an impact. He he says that, and he says to be a Champions Elite level, Champions Elite level football club. I always think. To be that club type of club, you need a bit of, you need a bit of, there's a bit more than playing pretty football all the time and that sort of relentless football. You need a bit of savvy, because I think PSG, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Liverpool didn't turn up against Ajax. They sat back against Ajax. Liverpool, one of the best teams in the world, sat back against Ajax and let Ajax attack them for a bit, then done them. But, 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 so they've got a bit. Klopp's got a bit more savvy. Man City bought a. 
I, 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 basically Man City are playing long balls to Haaland sometimes so the Champions League level club might need to be a bit more bending the, the way we see the football to get the result because if you look at O'Reilly's interview and Glakamakis they all are dis- disappointed because we didn't win the game and we really should and that's a disappointment that our methods didn't win the game and we need to get methods to win the game what, what about we play Angie's football for 40 minutes and then just play normal football for the next 50 just to get a win is that am I just been too I, I love just, that so did we not do that against the Huns when we were tearing them apart 3-0 that night game yes. at Celtic Park yes we, we did 3-0 we battered them and then yeah. we sat I think we could have done that Shakhtar that's the big that's, that was the that's the big annoyance the quick throw-ins the you know the hassling the harrying we, we fell we fell somewhere in between the two and I know a bit of that was how Shakhtar set up but yeah that that was a, you know that's the thing I, I, I'm I'm all up for that 30 minutes of lights out football and then 60 minutes of normal football now 3-0 is different for 1-0 we all know that but maybe that's what we think it's only 1-0 let's get a second then kill it Dan, Dan, Dan go know. back and look at the goals look back at the time of the goals it's the exact same goal we lose teams are stretched we come again they fire up the left hand side Caravacar slides we're miles away we don't have a holding midfield player we've got plenty of room and these guys just hit it like a train boom and they run right around the back it's, it's the same stuff every game like, it's, like you can sit and watch them go, I can go to your house tonight we'll just sit and I can, do you have any snowballs left on just, <laughs> just asking but the point is I could watch the same goal happening all the time and there's reasons for it because we're so high up the park and we're so stretched we're stretching ourselves and a free kick Juranovic not, not keep him on his left foot does he need to keep on showing him on his right as well I he know touches it does a wee touch but if you watch it he does a wee oh, touch okay. that unsettles him slightly and Juranovic the minute Juranovic's brain turns to his head and he's going I need to take him out he touches inside and he just does him slightly with just a bit, little bit of skill you don't really see I watched that a few times like why didn't it fall him out but Aranovic gets caught just a wee bit of touch you know but anyway it's it's just Champions League it's just tough every time we do this it's just like we, we love it and then you're just like ah. Oh. but then what's going to happen Dan know what's going to happen Hendo we'll be talking about it in February and we'll be saying if we were playing this type of football in uh, November time we'd have beat lights and we'll say you'll tell me that and I'll be like alright aye aye you know I mean? that's great that's what's going to happen if Turnbull was playing this way against you know, we see it all the time don't we yeah yeah I'm, I'm interested to see when he says we know exactly where we're falling short and going wrong I wonder how many of those players because I you know I'm not in any way I'm more than happy with Andrew's our manager and I think you know, he does need to learn but there's no way that all of that stuff he's saying in public, you know, are like, oh, we know exactly where we're wrong. He must be looking at some players and going, yeah, not sure about you at this level now. He must be. So I'm going to be interested to see you know, what, ha- okay. what happens from the players. I'm smashing the whiteboard there. Right, so okay. I think that's us. We've done, we've done it, Dusted. Me and Dan are going to go to Madrid next week. I'm going to get a microphone for my, my, uh, my phone. And I'm going to walk about embarrassing everybody next week to try to do live podcasts. <laughs> and Dan's not, Dan's not going to talk to me the whole time on there. 
Are you going to get a hat with one of those that's got a radio built in or something? Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't, but I might do now. I'm a Monarch Airlines hat. I think I had one of them when I was about 10. Best I'm, thing since sliced bread. I'm going to phone Hendo on a public payphone and just shout fine margins to him down the head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, me and Dan are going to Madrid next week. Hopefully, Enjoy. CC. You got a ticket for the game? It's all undercover. Oh, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. So uh, yeah, we're gonna go. So fingers crossed this injury gets sorted and we will maybe do our. I, I am big. I'm going to get a microphone. I'm going to try and get a microphone for my, and we'll we'll do like a podcast in the toilet. <laughs> You're on your own, sir. <laughs> Three euros fifty in that place for pints of Stella. That's not a good thing, is it? It's nah. a good thing. It's not a good thing overall. Mike, how many pints of Stella could you have in a Champions League Madrid? Could you have four of them? Five without a crossword? Yeah. If I if I go and eat plenty of tapas beforehand, it's probably unlimited. That would be my that would be my ploy. Yeah. If, I, if I was to no food, I would have four, and then I'd be, yeah, licking windows. Probably. <laughs> one of the lads, one of the lads, gone says, "Oh, we're go- he lived in Madrid for years, and he says we're going to go for dinner." He says, "You want to join us on Tuesday when you arrive?" I says, "Well, I arrive at half twelve. Are you talking Scottish dinner? Are you talking Spanish dinner?" He's like, "Spanish dinner." I says, well, "That's about half nine at night." I says, "There's no way I'm seeing that. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a chance." <laughs> Oh, it's going to be glorious, dead, Mikey Dal. You could just go over there, Hendo. You just get over. Just jump over for a laugh. Tell the missus you've got a conference in Cardiff. And just do one. <laughs> jump off plane in Gatwick. It's easy to get to Madrid from London. Thank you, bro. Jeez, how many rubbish conferences you went around your, uh, England doing jack? You just just make a wee, a wee, a wee break for it. Was it called Break for the Border? Is that not a boozer in Dublin? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward tonight. I'm going to be very low key, no big Paul key. I'm going to be nice and low key at this trip. Darren, well, looking forward to it. It's going to be good. And again, belief is I think Celtic. You know, I don't think the Modric play. I don't think I think Celtic could do something, but we might do something. We did do a podcast before. I still believe. I still believe that our system might come good, and we create, we score those chances, and we could beat Madrid. And that would be super for me. You know I mean, <laughs> Mikey. So Dan, basically, I've got this. I've got this thing about. I don't. Know if, is Hendy still there? Is he away? But I've. I'm here. Hendy, remember, I've got this thing about Scottish guys that disappear without their wallets and passports and Champions League nights. Or Rangers fans that like that. There's almost an SOS asked out for them, Hendy. So, if Celtic beat if, if Celtic beat Madrid <laughs> next week, I think there's going to be a daily record saying. Paul Kane and Dan Devaney have disappeared <laughs> and there'll be like people looking for us and we'll just be away for about three days I mean when he's salute for a week or something <laughs> Mikey, da- Mikey Dan, you've got to come and get us in right so that's the plan if you see the Daily Record saying our wives are like we've lost our husbands they went to the toilets without their passports and they've disappeared you two need to jump on a plane and say we've got to go and save them right and then you'll find this you find me and Dan on a beach somewhere and I'll be like yes but the front page of the Daily Sport my husband went for a pint of milk and come back with a suntan and a hamster shoved it oh no that was a long long time ago (laughs) 
I know, I'm looking forward to it. It's a good crack, as I say. So, yeah, so you can roll on the dread, roll on the tapas, roll on the Australia. Oh. Australia Glithia. Oof. Jeez. Here we go. Here we go, yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for for listening. I really, lads, that was brilliant today. It's good discussion. Really good discussion. And look, again, it's done in the best interest of supporting Celtic. And fingers crossed we get it right for next week because obviously in a pure selfish point of view I want Celtic to beat Madrid while I'm in Madrid Dan what, is, what does that night night look like if Celtic beat Madrid in Madrid are we, are we thinking well considering it's a 5.45 kick off we come out the stadium and it's only 7.45 it's going to be one hell of a party it's going to be one hell of a party Mikey Dull do I drink that night or not drink just just as a, as a close you, you don't have an option you don't have an option. <laughs> so basically, we're not getting that that Thursday flight. Basically, aye, the following Thursday maybe. <laughs> but some crack. Can't wait. Well, thanks everybody for tr- tonight. Thanks for listeners listening. So people keep listening to us, which is fantastic. And that was brilliant tonight. That was that was a good good discussion. We get there, and uh, yeah, we'll see see you in Madrid then, Danny, with my wee microphone and my radio hat. <laughs> 